This podcast is brought to you by the 400 Brewing Company. One, two, three. Frost hammer, 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 frost By the 400 Brewing Company, now available at City Liquors in Hunclough, at the Wolfpack in Santon, and soon at Craft in Park. This is a series of things. So, so you 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 didn't go to the Emma Stone thing. I didn't go to the Emma Stone uh, in in the end, but I, I will go tomorrow, or maybe not tomorrow. It's on for quite a while, and she's been around. She's not going anywhere. Who is she again? She's like our our um, most famous artist. She was like a. I'm going to edit this bit out. She, well, I don't know who she is. She was a. She was our Gauguin, really. Really. Yeah. She except he went to Tahiti. She she went to like Madagascar. She did paintings of like Madagascans and things like that. Seychellois, Islanders. She was she was fond of the Islander. She would just paint an Islander. She'd see one and paint him. She's got. She's got a. She had a house. She's got a house in Rosebank. My friend David Bryan used to work there. At the house? At the house. So it's a museum. And uh, he used to, I don't know what he did. He Why does she live inside a museum? <laughs> she, um, is she dead? She's very dead. I don't know. I've, <laughs> asked, she's I've dead. asked you who she is. <laughs> it's a museum because it's her house. I did art history at high school, but I can't remember most of it. Yeah. So she, she, I think she holds the record for the, the most expensive South African painting like ever auctioned in London, something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. No, no, she's like a big, she was like a big deal. I, I know the name. It's mm. one of those names where someone, someone says it at a dinner party and you go, yes, yes, Irma Stone. Yeah. No. So, so her house in, in, in Rosebank, uh, which has all artifacts that she brought back from whatever sure. island it was, Madagascar, I think, and her paintings and, and such. And so this exhibition now at the National Gallery is all is like a big collection of all of her stuff. So it's on loan from private collections and it's taken from her little house. And I imagine it's from the National Gallery's South African collection, whatever it's called. Uh, so it's like a big it's like a big thing. And 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 they, you know, she's hmm. they are. It's like people carrying water on their heads and things like that i guess fruit i imagine there'll be fruit there'll be quite a lot of fruit you know what i want to know <clears throat> what when i was growing up my mom's side of the family the african side of the family had a certain influence on the decor in the house what's a decor decor decoration. Uh, 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 yeah and we had like these bronzed painting things yes do you know what i'm talking about like, it would be yeah. a picture of a springbuck leaping yeah. over, like, a radiant bronze plate. Would the... Or, like, a buffalo. Would the, the springbuck be in bronze as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. had those. Yeah, terrible. It's not only the Afrikaners, my friend. Where did that come from? That's like a 70s thing, I think. 70s South Africana. We yeah. had, like, a round, polished, sort of bronzy... Because I wouldn't put it past us not to have had real bronze. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, like bowl, like a serving, like a, you could imagine it as a serving bowl. And it probably, yeah. it was probably like a picture of some aloes, you know, the, some desert plants yeah. of some sort. Yeah, we had one and then there was one animal and then like 
It was a buffalo, and there was like real buffalo fur on the plate. Oh, that's weird. Not on, when I say plate, I don't mean like serving plate. Yeah. I mean like on the on the wall oh, as like, a picture. So like a multimedia collage, embossed thing of a buffalo, and then real buffalo fur. Yeah, you know, the buffalo fur is a new wrinkle for me. Um, so yeah. so with us, it was just the kind of the embossed uh, like bronze, hmm. and which is weird because. You know, like, is there not enough to clean around the house that, that now you have to, to get out the old polish and, and go to work on the decorations? Um, I imagine it's a thing, kind of thing that could only be popular in a country that where the lady of the house didn't have to clean her own shit, <laughs> you know, because it must have been, I, look, I don't remember it shining uh, with great luster as a youth. But somebody has to clean us every so I, I I saw them in our garage like a few years back and I was like, I remember these being up in people's houses and in yeah. our house. And now they've just disappeared for good reason, because they're shit. But, you know, I find knickknacks and things like that in houses just inexplicable hmm. like, and depressing because hmm. somebody always dies and then there's a collection of knickknacks. Well, that's the... That's, and, and you feel yeah. sad because like this meant something apparently to this person or did hmm. it? Um, yeah. or, or did people just put it there because there was a space and something had to go there but mm. like it always makes me feel sad because like nobody would want this thing this carving of a of a japanese fisherman yeah you know clutch like holding a turtle in one hand meanwhile and, your, your and great, an axe in the other great grandfather when he was escaping the japanese stole it off yeah. an actual japanese fisherman yeah but who and then you think Oh, but they did, and so I'm supposed to care about the thing or get fun memories. But I, I think and that it just seems to like it's just representative of a wasted life. Things are representative of a wasted well, life. No, no, no. I, I'm not. I'm not. The I'm things not you leave behind do mm. tend to be quite depressing in that way. Other than books, I, uh, like books, not so much. But but what what we what we are kind of witnessing right now in society is the kind of death of things. Okay. Mm. Because you find like young people in their their twenties, and if you ever meet one, ask them about this. I'll tell you, yes. uh, they don't own television. They see no point in owning a television because most of their series and movies and things like that they watch on a tablet or they watch on a laptop. Yeah, but a television's not a thing. It's a, it's, a, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So my entire movie collection, yeah, I, pointless. I have an Apple TV. I can stream anything. I, I yeah, but I, not I all of those things are available. Uh, vast majority of them right. my comic book collection i have an app on my ipad called marvel unlimited it's a subscription to marvel comics and mm. literally pretty much anything in their archives that they've digitized i pay you know nine dollars a month or something like mm -hmm. that and i can read any comic book i want so and obviously a kindle for books you know yeah. so you, you you're kind of we're kind of moving into that future where like the idea of all this 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 clutter and everything else is is why have it so that kubricky yeah but 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 that clutter the clutter i'm talking about those knickknacks were yeah. never functional they were yeah, never yeah, things yeah. that you could yeah, use yeah, it was yeah. like something that people just chose to put in their space mm. Uh, but what you're describing actually is like like a Kubricky future, like a 2001, yeah. where it's all just white surfaces and 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 featureless planes. Yeah, which is kind of depressing to me as well. It is kind of depressing. Look, I mean, you can look around you in this room and you can tell I like stuff. Like mm. I like things that have a sense of 
history to them or mm. there's some you know there's something interesting about them mm. and you know i i have a creative philosophy that the more you have around you the more input you have the more output you have and so i surround myself by with you know stuff but don't you stop seeing that, stuff that's right it's like if it, the stuff that's around you if you look at it too much like you stop seeing it yeah it becomes like a, a, a yeah a mud yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, you know, I'll... What's the only thing that can explain those knickknacks in people's, in old people's houses? They stop seeing they them. They just don't see them anymore. Do you know what's interesting? I, there's this amazing designer um, who has designed every fancy bottle and, and most of the fancy things you've seen in your life in terms of packaging and everything else called Ross Lovegrove. Mm-hmm. He's worth a Google. Lovegrove. Love yeah. And... Uh, I, I met him at Design in Darbo a few years ago, and I, I, I remember saying to him, like, his office didn't make any sense to me because he literally had that Kubrick uh, infinite mm-hmm. panel, white space kind of kind of office. And um, I need a little bit of... If I'm coming up with ideas for something, I need something around me. What did Lovejoy say when you said that to him? He said, well, well, you know, different people work differently. And oh, fuck off. Thanks very much, yeah. Lovejoy. Lovegrove. <laughs> yeah, so your sentiment stands. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I hopefully... You, you know what I, I said to them, in terms of leaving things behind when you die? Mm. Like, I've got, like, a journal like a, oh, a yeah. diary thing that I've been keeping, I think since 2006. Yes. Which I update like maybe 2006, two. 2006, yeah. So I update it maybe like two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. This, oh, really? This happened, this happened, and this happened. But do you do you catch up in the previous six months? Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, oh I you go, do? So, I go, this happened, this happened, and this happened. And, and then, then this happened, and this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and then I'll write a little bit about the average day that I've had. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm just waiting for the archaeologist to kind of go, <laughs> oh, we found it. It's, yeah. It's it's Ian Thomas's diary. We've, when we've, we've I, got when, it. When I was young, about thirteen, I had a diary, but the sole purpose for it was to record my ongoing struggles to give up masturbation. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so I, I had two pens because it was a code, right? Because you know your parents are going to look at your your diary. Sure. So what I would do is is on days that I had masturbated, I, I would write in a blue ink. <laughs> You know, and and so what I was trying to accomplish was a diary just purely in black ink, right? Because this was still when you when you're wrestling with the sin of mm. of self pollution. Yeah. So, you know, I thought one day I'll, I'll be able to flip back through my journal and it will all just be like black ink, and I'll be never ha- have happy, masturbated, happy and pure. And uh, and but instead it, it kind of it, it was an, an ongoing record of of sin blue hued <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> well, well, that's 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 the thing I think of that age. You, I think sometimes I would write in red pen if it was sort of more than three times. If it was if it was particularly <laughs> masochistic and <laughs> horrible, particularly heinous on that occasion. <laughs> Well, that's well, that's well, that's the thing. I think you, when you're a child, you're con- you're convinced like what you what you're doing, no one else has ever done before. 
Surely there's something terribly wrong with you. And certainly no one else around you is doing it. No, you are the only one. The only thing I was right about in that respect is poetry. I was the only one writing poetry. (laughs) No one else, no one else in school was writing poetry. I'm still the only one. My first um, sexual fantasy... Oh, Christ. ...took took place... Uh, We have a card. We'll get to the card. When I I was in nursery school... (laughs) Yeah. ...and during my nap, you know, they make you nap... Yeah, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I I I I hauled it out and I had a go at myself <laughs> while we were all on the nap. But but I I closed my eyes. I couldn't. I, to this day, I can't really sleep during the day. So there I was as a five year old, being forced into like pretending to be asleep sure. for an hour, which yeah. to this day I find repressive and, uh, and yeah. offensive. And and I actually I actually get outraged when people say to me. Why do you look tired? Why don't you go have a nap? It's like, I'll have a nap if I feel like it. I don't... Anyway. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, now that I think about it, maybe a side overreaction. Hmm. Um, and so I would lie there with my eyes closed pretending to be asleep. And, and my first sexual fantasy involved Asterix. Not Asterix himself, but Asterix uh, the Legionary. I don't know if you ever read that Asterix book. In this... In, Legionnaire, yeah. Uh, Legion, no. Um, is Legionnaire French and then Le- yeah, Legionary is, yeah. is Roman? Legi- okay. Well, okay. well translated into English. Um, <clears throat> so Asterix the Legionary. Uh, in it, uh, Oblix falls in love with uh, a very willowy uh, and attractive young lady called um, Panacea. And he and Asterix join the Roman army in order to go find Panacea's boyfriend, Tragicomics. Now, none of that's relevant. Uh, it's it's panacea was so saucy and i remember i had a i had to take this nap and there i lay and i closed my eyes and and i imagined a roman army camp in which panacea uh is i I don't know if she was compelled to or if she volunteered to take her clothes off in the middle of the (laughs) of the barracks and uh and it all really stemmed from there, like, um, mm. the, the next sort of 10 to 15 years of shame. This, this not, particularly, not particularly accurately drawn cartoon character taking off, taking off a quite gauzy outfit while, while the Roman army looked on. And I was among them, I imagine. Were you a Roman soldier? Yeah, I'm not so? sure if I was a Roman soldier. You were just an, an, an onlooker. I almost feel like I was an onlooker looking onto the scene. Like I wasn't necessarily even in the barracks. Hmm. Well, it's a bit disappointing that now that I think about it. We should look at a card. Yeah, let's. I don't want to dwell mm. on your, your asterisk. I haven't thought about inspired. that for many a moon. I, I, I'm, I'm upset that I have to think about it. <laughs> like I'm... <laughs> Uh, Panacea, whatever happened to I'm viscerally, like, disturbed. <laughs> and I'll tell you what else is uh, strange, is that at the time... Like, Keep talking, I'll get a card. Like many asterisk names, like, I hadn't realized that they were actual words, you know, that they were yeah. word plays. So I just thought, so I thought her name was Panacea, and and then later in life, as I, as I realized there was a word called Panacea, and that must be what it is, I had to change, retroactively change, the name of my first love. No longer was her name... Panacea. So let's get a card. All right. Okay. I'm holding them out. I'll choose one. Okay. I have it. And this week 
we are talking about the thing about meetings. 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 Technically, this is a meeting. Listen, I had a particularly irks. Yeah, the, I believe there should be codes of etiquette for all things. Sure. Right. And and meetings, I've now decided, are should fall under that uh, that, that that broad Napoleonic code. I was called to a thing today. I today. mean, not today, this week. This week. Um, 12.30 meeting, mm-hmm. right? I wasn't called to it. I was invited to it by... Summoned. Ed, no. Somebody who wanted me to do some work for, for them. Mm. Shall we have a meeting to discuss it? Very well. Let's do that. What time, I say, would you like this meeting? 12.30 in a restaurant. Mm. Now, what would you deduce from a 12.30 time slot in a restaurant you're going to eat food you're going to have lunch yeah right yeah don't eat before sure because you're going to get a free lunch out of this sure right yeah i arrive 12 30 waiter says would you like a drink i said yeah i'd like a drink before lunch it's mm-hmm. always nice to have a drink before lunch mm. she gives me a strange sort of a look get my drink uh, he says, would you like to look at the menu now? So I say, well, shall we look at the menu? And she goes, uh, well, no, um, I, I won't be eating, but you can if you want. And you say, what? Why am I here at lunchtime listening to stuff I don't want to listen to, talking about things I don't... The only good reason mm-hmm. is that there's going to be a lunch out of this. And, and and what's going to happen now? I'm going to leave after an hour because it's quite rude to cut off a meeting before an hour, right? Like an hour is the time. Usually it stretches on to an hour and a half because I'm very bad mm. at, at, at making a, a getaway. Now it's going to be like two and mm. I haven't had my lunch. Getting increasingly grumpy. So, so did you decide you're not going to eat now because this person isn't going to eat? She made it very clear that... Uh, that lunch was not uh, the planned thing. So so then I was afraid that I'd get stuck with the bowl. Or there'd be like that awkward thing at the end where it's, well, you called this meeting, so you should be picking this up. But I'm the only one no, who ate. Admittedly, so. you walked into the situation looking for a free lunch. And as as the people say, there is no such thing. There was no such thing as lunch at all in this as particular, a free lunch. In this particular uh, occasion. And the whole thing didn't even work out. I, I didn't want to do the work and... By the end of it, I don't think they wanted me to do the work. It was it, it was, was disappointing for everyone. It involved. was just terrible. And you didn't even get to eat. And I can understand why stra- you're upset about it. Bad strategy on their part, actually, because I may have accepted the the cheaper rates mm. that they were offering if I felt in some way obligated by this free lunch. Mm. Do you know what I? Do you know that's a, that's a good point. Do you, that's why that's why Turkish uh, carpet salespeople in Turkey give you a drink. The moment you step into their their, their their warehouse or whatever it is, they give you a drink, and so suddenly it, it's become like a social thing. There's a social obligation that's been set up, and so you're more inclined to do to do some business with him. Do you know? Do you know who's the best salesman I've ever met? My Ogmandino. Team? No, I don't know his name. Mm-hmm. But it was at a red light in Joburg a few years ago. Yes, I'm at the red light. Yeah. Guy holding a stack of caps yeah. next to the car. Yeah. Knocks on the window. I ignore him. Sure. Because this is the nature of the world. You really? I, I make. I, I always say no, thank you. Well, I. I, well, yeah, I that's I, just. I that's of, just how I was raised. He knocks again, mm-hmm. and he points towards the back tire, and oh. so I'm like, oh, oh shit. 
Yeah. So I roll down the window and he's still pointing and he goes, you've got a beautiful car. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The guy, this, this guy in Somerset West does it. So I go, oh, well, thank you. That's, mm-hmm. that's very kind of you. He goes, listen, would you, would you like a cap? Huh. I go, listen, I, I, I'm never going to wear this cap, mm-hmm. ever. He goes, listen, I just want to give you the cap. Like, you know, take it. Uh, yeah. You know, I've had a good day. Yeah. So he gives me an Ed Hardy oh, no. cap. Wow. So, but now I've spent, but, I've spent 30 seconds. Was it seconds. a real Ed Hardy cap? No, or? it was a... Oh, was it quite nice? It was a knockoff Ed Hardy cap. Where they misspelled Ed. Yeah, it was like Edward Hardy, you know, <laughs> something like that. And, and I'd spent 30 seconds uh, talking to the guy. And the library supply chain says, listen, but if you could give me a small donation. And so I'm like, oh, and I looked inside my wallets and I've only got like a 50 rand note. He goes, look, I'll give you change. And I give him the 50 rand note and the light mm-hmm. changes and he just walks away calmly. Really? See, and, I, I wouldn't and, call and, that being a good salesperson. All I, all I had was an Ed Hardy cap that, <laughs> that, that I never wore. No one I know will ever wear. And, and Edward Hardy. And it was it was horrible. So so Turkish salesmen give you a drink when you walk into buy carpet. Yes. Is that like a does every nationality have a specific product and a specific like kind of thing? Do I don't you, know. But do Spanish people sell you a sofa and give you? You a know what I like about the Spanish people? They give you bar snacks, proper bar snacks for free. Yeah. You know they give you tapas. Yeah. 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 They, mm. They'll give you like some little squid or something. Yeah. Not just peanuts. Hmm. Like a proper something that somebody's cooked. Quite often, that's what people think tapas means. It means peanuts. You will get peanuts. No, who thinks that? Stupid people. Do you know what tapas means? Enlighten me. It's a, a jar. It refers to the container that the food comes in. <clears throat> it's from the old days of the stagecoaches. Hmm. So when the stagecoach came up to a, um, an inn, the hmm. food would be put out in the little bowls. But then, because of the flies, they put the little jar over the top to keep out the flies. And then you would come and lift it and you take the thing. The tapas is that thing that goes over the top, a little, a little bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you know. You've had your weekly <laughs> dose of education delivered <laughs> via your ears by Daryl Bristow Bovey. Well done. Oh, man. Um, you know what I heard about meetings? What? Occasionally, as a, as a relatively creative person, I am paid... A fair amount of money to sit in a room with very uncreative people right and help them come up with with things right and that's fine when you're doing it with other creative people when you're when you're in a room filled with other creative people and you're doing something like a brainstorm mm-hmm. you understand that at some point mm-hmm. in that in that in that session there will be a silence over the room and people will be staring off into the distance <laughs> yeah. and someone will be scribbling some little <laughs> circle on a notepad That's somewhere. That's usually me. I'm the scribbler. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, there's just this general kind of, I'm trying to fucking think of something, you know? <laughs> but the problem is business people yeah. are used to meetings. Right. And in a meeting, yeah. you can never have silence. Really? You have to continuously be talking. And so occasionally someone will go, we want to have, we want to have a brainstorm with you. We want to have like a, mm. a creative, you know, mm-hmm. melding of minds. And it becomes absolutely impossible because they never allow for that awkward silence. Like as a creative person, you are naturally just like, yeah, you know, there'll be an awkward silence and we'll all kind of just stare off and go, what if we No, or, mm. you know, I, I was thinking about 
planes maybe with a yeah. thing and then well, what uh, if mm, what if you there's the thing and the my and and my personal strategy in that moment if someone suggests something absolutely mm. fucking stupid right i say i will write it down and no, i write I say, it i, I write you write it down no i, I write, write it write down somebody else's stupid I, idea. no i write it down yeah. because the fastest way to shut someone down in that situation is to go is if they think it's being recorded no if they'd be held against no them. if they think that you think that they're a moron if you if you say to someone yeah, well, maybe not, but there's all these issues. Yeah. What, you know, there's all these things. They will shut up very quickly. So if you but go... That's good, right? If you... <laughs> oh, no, sorry, what's the objective here? No, 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 no. I always like to... Like, yeah. idiots just stop talking. No. Oh, I, you want them to keep on talking? I think... Look, no, I think great ideas come from everywhere. So the, occasionally an idiot will say something really fascinating and really kind of just blindside you with something incredibly obvious, mm-hmm. which is great. The fastest way to stop them right. is just to start questioning what they're doing. Otherwise, you just go, I will write it down. And Suddenly, they feel validated. They're like, oh, my idea has been recorded. Yeah. I have been noticed. I have Ooh. contributed to the great well of ideas that we will walk out of here with. Uh-huh. And you can move on, which is the most important part. You don't have to discuss how bad the idea is. But that's the, that's the best part. It might be for you. It is. I love that. If you're a sadistic bastard. No, 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 no. If you can, if you can spend some time uh, explaining why an idea is bad, it generally helps formulate another idea that's good. That is an interesting theory. Yeah. Well, that's that's the theory I work under. Like the more I, I speak about like why I don't like that thing, the more I, I can hear what I'm saying and then just sort of extrapolate from that what I would actually like, what I do actually like. But you know, at this, this meeting, at this, this very yeah, meeting, yeah, 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 because yeah. what you're saying is quite interesting to me, hmm. is that you're working on, on on the premise that that you don't want to shut these people up, hmm. because at this meeting, at this lunch meeting, that, that where I didn't get any lunch. Um, <laughs> This person said to me, you know, you would, at a certain point, she said, you would be terrible in, in advertising, in, a, in, in, like a, in a meeting mm. that involved a client or, or people like that. And I was like, mm. why? What do you mm. mean? Yeah, I was quite, why? Mm. And she was like, like, I don't feel that you would be very good at, at, um, at not at having ideas, but at, 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 at speaking to people. And I, I thought, this is turning into the worst meeting of my life i'm hungry and i'm being told that i'm inadequate <laughs> look the you know there's a there's a little line of wisdom somewhere that says write hot and edit cold mm-hmm. like so i believe that in the initial kind of creative stage yeah. you want to allow everything no matter how stupid no matter how dumb it may sound just put it all down just get it out the way and then later on, you can sit down and you can refine and you can go, well, this is the dumbest thing that anyone's ever said. We will never do this. Do you know what? I, I think I'm coming from a different uh, angle, which is that I don't like being in this meeting. So, <laughs> so the sooner we get this done, like the sooner we can all not be here. And so when somebody starts saying things that I know I don't, like, stupid yeah it's like yeah. can we just stop talking about this can we you know mm. let's no mm. um so let's have some good ideas 
Oh, well, I must be terrible. I'm terrible. Well, I'm look, just I'm, 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 I'm teaching you a lesson in, the, in this instance. No, but the what best, you're teaching is, is way, how to thrive the, in meetings, which is best, my, no, my listen, listen goal in life is not listen. to be in meetings. I don't okay. want to be good at them. Okay. I want to be bad at them. I don't want to I'm, be invited to I'm them anymore. I'm trying to make you a better person. No. I'd, I, <laughs> yes, I'd like to be a better person, but more importantly, I'd like to live a life without meetings. So if I can be bad in me, like why be good at something you don't want to do? You know? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that's quite an that's quite an insightful thing. So you are you the, the bad boy of meetings? No, are, are I'm you, the guy are you the that Harley's angels. No, I'm the guy that uh, that people go. Let's not invite him to that meeting. <laughs> so, so that's nice. Look, one of the worst things you can do in any kind of business environment is demonstrate any kind of competency. So perhaps that is your strategy. You mm. you are like you will just become the non-meeting guy. Let's let's yeah. never have a meeting with Daryl Brister Bobby. Yeah. Let's phone his friend Ian. Look, let's and, rather, and, yeah. and, and and get Ian to talk to him first, and then and then we'll. <laughs> no, no, it's like, hey, I'd like to hire that guy f- for this project, but there will probably be some meetings involved, so let's not. Mm. I think that's probably how it goes. And and that then ex- that when, my when you are phone. when you are penniless on the streets at no, C point, toothless mm. in in your 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 second hand Cape Union Mart sleeping bag, you will you will scream up at the stars. I wish I'd gone to those meetings. <laughs> I could be if, in a meeting right if now. Only, oh, bed is warm in those meetings. Only I'd gone to those meetings. <laughs> Why does a secondhand sleeping bag sound like such an unattractive thing? Because it does. But but <laughs> what, what what do we assume people are doing in sleeping bags? They're not like wetsuits. In a wetsuit, you, you urinate, right? That's what you do. You urinate in your wetsuits. Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone. Sure, fair enough. Fair enough. Everyone yeah, yeah, I'm not going to debate. <clears throat> Otherwise, that would just be suits. Yeah, um, sure. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> but like no one's going to pee in his own sleeping bag. Right or or no one pees in their bed on purpose unless no. you are into a specific <laughs> no, set of fetishes. No one's going to shed their bodily fluids in their sleeping bag. So why are what we if, so what afraid if, what of if, a, sleep, what a second man sleeping bag? What if you 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 go camping and you bring along your 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 children and you know their friends and one of their friends happens to read Asterix comics. And happens to have a certain kind of fantasy. The only about time a you would masturbate in a sleeping bag is if you were borrowing it. <laughs> I think we can agree on that. So if you don't lend out your sleeping bag, yeah, I suppose. But then you don't have any control. If it's a second-hand sleeping bag, you don't have any control over the, the lending policies of, of the, the previous, previous owner. And yeah. in fact, they may have lent it out, gotten it back, thought. There's no fucking way. I'm you you have way, way too much faith in your humanity. Like I, I. If no. I knew I was giving away my, if I was selling my sleeping bag tomorrow, mm. I might masturbate in it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> if if it was going to somebody I, I didn't know personally, because then there'd be no come come back. <laughs> Why would I? I have to stop drinking whiskey before that. Why would I admit that? I'm sure I wouldn't. Ladies and gentlemen. This has been another episode of a series of things. And I think if we've learned anything in this oh, in this no. brief time we've spent together, it's that you should not buy a sleeping bag from Daryl Bristow Boat. Don't lend me a sleeping bag. Don't lend him a sleeping bag. Don't allow him to to <laughs> to, to do anything with your sleeping bag. Don't lend him your Asterix comics. And and, and preferably 
don't have meetings with him don't don't engage with him <laughs> and if you can at all avoid it never have a meeting in a sleeping bag <laughs> with daryl bristow Bravi about asterix comics oh man that would be the the worst thing i feel i'm not representing myself to to my fullest potential here no well you, you never really are okay thank you everyone goodbye we will oh is it that time already well 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 yeah, yeah. that's the thing in that's a me- the thing in a meeting in a meeting the time just flies by in the, no in a meeting the time drags on and on and on and on and you think it's over you think like like it's happening right <laughs> yes. now you, yes someone, <laughs> someone just someone, as i'm about to get out they pull me back someone in someone shuts some kind of yes. like folder or something like <laughs> that and you start you start Oh my God! The amount of time I've started packing things up in just front of people, I've and, just and, done and, and started going. Yes. Well, you know, I guess we'll talk about that next yes. time, or yes, you know, I whatever. I think I'm, I'm free, I, but I, you know what I'm, it is? I get elated. I think it's over. I'm free. I'm a, I'm out. It won't hurt me to say something now. Yeah. You know, and then you get sucked into the, that's what I've just done. You've just done that to the podcast. Just done it. We're really sorry. Oh. We will, we will contact you if we, we feel like the meeting, we need another meeting. And if you could please provide lunch this time, that would be, that would be wonderful. And thank you. Goodbye. Cheerio.